Welcome to another week of Coffee and Conversations here at Village Bible Church. Coffee and Conversations aims to answer difficult questions and address hard topics using a biblical perspective. So we use God's Word as our guide and as our truth as we walk through this life together. And I'm just so excited to sit down with you today and look at what God's Word has to tell us about our struggles and our doubts and our questions. So go ahead and grab a cup of coffee and come join us and let's dive in. Alrighty, so today we're going to be talking about how to give God your worries and your anxieties and your stress. Um, so kind of like getting started on this topic, what are some of the things that you stress about in your life? What are, what are, school. school. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Work. Work. My future. Your future. What about your future? Just like what's going to happen, how am I going to make money? Yeah. Yeah, all, all the uncertainties. Yeah. What else? What, what would you guys say is like the biggest stress in your life? Raising my kid, right? Raising your kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't want to mess up. Well, yeah. I, I, you know, like, habits and things are, like, installed so early. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to mess up. Yeah. I don't want my kid to be a terrible kid when I could have just taught him not to be. Yeah, yeah, that is a lot of stress, <laughs> and we'll probably all feel that one day. Yeah, so there, there's a lot of things to be stressed over, right? Like, I know, like, during quarantine, there was a lot of stress, right? We didn't really know, like, what COVID was. We didn't know what was happening with our lives. We were stuck at home. Um, how do you guys see your worry and your stress impact your relationships? How do you, like, how do you treat others when you're stressed, or how does it impact that? Negative. Negatively, yeah. How do you see it impact it negatively? So, if I'm super stressed, or even if I'm anxious or worried to the point where I'm like, I forget to eat, or like, hmm. oh, I don't need a snack, or whatever, I take it out on people, or like, I'm shorter, my patience is shorter, hmm. or like, I get frustrated about something I shouldn't be frustrated about. You get hangry? Yeah. <laughs> That's a real thing. It is. <laughs> it absolutely is. For yeah. Sure. So, we treat the people around us maybe not with the same like love that we usually do um how does it impact your actions and your choices i know for me i'm more likely to do something that i regret later when i am stressed or worried about something sometimes it can lead me to do things that maybe i wouldn't do if i was feeling just great um so yeah i want to preface this lesson by saying that i know that anxiety is like a real thing like the diagnosis of anxiety and so I don't want to like I don't want to just cover that up with a band-aid that says like oh read your bible study scripture it'll fix all your problems like I know that there are like lots of deeper things that go on um and I know that some of you guys struggle with that um but I hope this lesson doesn't come off as me just putting a band-aid over it because I truly do believe that the word of God is powerful um but I also think there's practical things that we can do as well we're physical and spiritual beings so we can, you know, fix ourselves using the spiritual side, but also, like, when the physical side comes into play, we can, yeah, therapy, medicine, all of that. Um, so don't think that I'm saying ignore the, the practical side of things and just focus on the Bible, because you should focus on the Bible. But, yeah, I hope that makes sense. Um, so my goal for today is to remind us that the Word of God is sufficient to speak into this issue of our lives, that God is powerful enough to give you peace and comfort no matter what. Um, and guidance and how to fight your worries and stress and give it back over to him. Um, so the Bible talks a lot about worry and fear. Why do you think the Bible t- 
talks a lot about worry and fear. Why do you think God did that? I think it's because some, it's something that we do a lot. Yeah. Like every single day. Yes. <laughs> yeah. God knows that we're super anxious, fearful people. And so he has given us his word. And in his word, he says, do not fear. He says it over 360 times. So if he says it over 360 times, we probably should be listening to why we shouldn't fear. Um, and we see it in the Old Testament and the New Testament, right? So in Joshua 1.9, it says, like, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not fear. I am your God. And then 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, um, I've not given you a spirit of fear. I've given you a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline, sound mind. Depends on the translation. But yeah, both of these, they show us that God has not given us fear. So anytime we feel fear, it's not from the Lord. Um, I'm going to sit down. I feel like I want to sit. <laughs> um, but anyway, does it make you guys more comfortable if I'm sitting or if I'm standing? Either way. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, then I will sit. Um, so let me find my... Thing. Yeah, so the Bible says, do not fear. It says, like, in the quotations, do not fear, over 360 times. Um, so he created this. And if God says, do not fear, he gives us a good reason to not fear, right? He's not going to just say, do not fear, and then not give us evidence to back up um, what he's saying. So, like, he created this whole world. He created you. He loves you. Um, he sent his son to die for you. He cares for you. Um, yet in a moment, we can forget this, right, and kind of go into our spiral spiral to thoughts of anxiety and fear. So first we have to understand why we worry and why we fear and what that fear says about us. Um, so when fear speaks, when you f- start feeling stressed or anxious, um, it says something about us, right? It says, um, it has like a lot to say about who we are on the inside. Um, so what do you think that you worry, what you worry about, what does it reveal about you? I think it reveals like, what is most important to us? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it shows like what we desire. Um, so like, for example, if you really want other people to like you, you're going to fear what they think of you. Or if you really want to be successful, then you're going to be really fearful of um, getting a bad grade on a test. Um, or if you want to feel loved and accepted, you're going to fear being alone. So everything that we fear is tied back to something that we desire. So when something comes up in your heart and you start to feel stress, the first step is to tie that stress back into, okay, what's the original desire? What am I wanting here? And that can ha- kind of help you unpack um, where your heart is at. Um, so not saying that it's wrong to want people to respect you or to be in relationships with other people or to get good grades on a test, but it's when those desires rule our hearts that we are faced with things that can make us stress or fearful. Um, and that's typically the root of fear. Um, and fear is inevitable. It's part of the human experience. We're going to be stressed so many times in our life. Um, and it's not, I don't always say that stress is a sin because sometimes the Lord gives us stress in order to make sure that we get something done. Um, but when it, when it rules our hearts, that's when it can become a problem. Um, so open your Bibles with me to Philippians 4. Um, we're just going to read a few quick verses and unpack this little passage. Um, would anyone like to read Philippians 4, 4 through 9? I can read it. All right. Thank you, Andrea. Um, 
Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Awesome. All right, so what, what is this passage telling us to do? What are the commands that we see in it? It tells us to not be anxious for anything. Yeah, not be anxious for anything. So don't, don't be anxious about anything in your life, which seems very daunting because I'm like, nothing? I can't even be anxious about this thing? What else does it tell us to do? Think about good things. Yeah. Think about good things. Don't be anxious. What does verse 4 say? Rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. So rejoice. Don't be anxious. And um, think about good things. So there are three things in uh, verse 6 that we're called to do. Um, or called to do when we pray. What are those three things? I already said one of them. So we're supposed to pray. What are the other two things that this verse tells us to do? I think it says that by saying like with Thanksgiving, kind of just being thankful for Hmm. whatever we have in the moment. Yeah, being thankful. Yeah, there's another word in there too. What's the other word? At least in my supplications, how do you say? Wait, what does yours say? Uh, Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Mm. present your requests to God. Yeah, I I think your version says petition, and then my version says supplication. Um, Do you guys know what supplication means? I didn't really know until I Googled it yesterday, so... All right, supplication, um, the definition of it is the act of asking, pleading, or begging. Um, So I thought this was so interesting because it says that when we go before the Lord in prayer with our anxious thoughts, like we're supposed to like be in communication with God. We're supposed to um, be thankful to him. But also it tells us that we're like allowed to plead with him and like beg. So like you can take your anxiety before the Lord and be like, Lord, like, please take this away from me. Or like, please show me how to trust you in this. Um, You can be like raw and honest with the Lord. Um, And that's what supplication means. It's like a petition. It's like saying, um, it's like an argument why, like why he should take it from you. Um, So yeah, why is God worth, why is God a trustworthy source to bring your fear? Why can you trust him with your with the stress and uncertainty of life. I think because he already kind of knows what his plan is for us, Hmm. and we can also be confident that he cares about us. Yeah. Yeah, we know that he planned our days. We know that he cares. Yeah. Why, Why do you trust God? If someone was to ask you, why do you trust God? How would you answer them? Yeah. 
He's got his hand on everything. Yeah. He holds all things together. Um, I read a book on um, anxiety and um, counseling, Christian counseling, this year. And one of my favorite quotes from the book is, The God who calls you to trust him will spend a great deal of time showing you that you can trust him. Um, kind of like what I said at the beginning, like, God isn't going to say, oh, just trust me, and then not give you a reason to. He's given you a reason in his word. Um, he's written it um, from Genesis 1 to Revelation, um, to the end of Revelation. He gives you so many reasons to trust him and to believe in him and to give everything that you have over to him. Um, this is like his his essay trying to convince you that he's trustworthy. Like, it's a long essay. Um so yeah, with prayer, pleading, and expressions of gratitude, we make our requests known before an almighty and powerful God who cares for us and loves us. Um, and that's amazing. We're allowed to approach his throne. He's holy and perfect, and yet we small little creatures are allowed to approach him with the things that worry us. Um, and sometimes we may think that God doesn't really care about the things that we worry about. We might think like, oh, God doesn't care about this test I'm going to take, or maybe God doesn't care about, um, I'm like really stressed about like, I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. Like, I'm really stressed about that. Like, no, he does care because he cares about you and he loves you and he wants you to know that he is enough for you um, and you can bring anything that you're feeling to him. Um, so my question to you is, um, are you pleading with the Lord when you're anxious? Are you honest with him? Do you bring it before him, not sugarcoating anything? Are you praising him even when you're overwhelmed? Um, are you bringing every single anxious thought before him and acknowledging him in it? And if no, that is also another step you can take when dealing with these things is just bringing it straight to the Lord. Um, and yeah, what, based on this passage, what is promised to us if we bring our requests to the Lord? What does this passage say we will find? Peace. peace. The peace of God. What's the peace of God like? It says that it like surpasses all understanding, which I always thought was like really interesting because it's like, I don't know exactly what it means, but it kind of sounds like like no one really understands the kind of peace you have. You only understand mm. that you have it. Yeah. So even if you're going through something really hard, it's still possible to like have this kind of peace. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Wow. Maddie, do you mind closing the door for us? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> That's my fault. Usually, I close the door. Um. But, yeah, the peace of God that suppresses all understanding, we feel it even when we shouldn't be feeling it, right? Like, um, if something awful happens, like, I know some people in my life, awful things have happened to them, and yet they still praise the Lord, and they still have the peace of the Lord with them. And that's because God has blessed them with that peace in that moment. Um, so have any of you guys ever experienced the peace of the Lord in a situation before? Yeah, yeah. When do you have like a specific instance that you can make, remember feeling the peace of the Lord? Um, I think my search for the manual of the village mm. was really hard, but once I did it, it was that peace was definitely there. Yeah, yeah. And would you say it surpasses like all understanding? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. One up. So I've probably felt it a few times, but one of them. That's a pretty tangible example. Um, I was engaged before David to a different person. Mm. And when, so like we had like planned this big venue, like we had started this wedding planning thing and then he broke up with me. Um, and normally you're like a wreck, right? Mm. So 
Ashley, like, it was an engagement. We had started wedding planning. Like, that's an embarrassing call for the venue. Hi, this this wedding we just booked. Let's cancel it. Like, mm-hmm. especially when she's your friend. That's really embarrassing. Mm-hmm. But, like, a couple days afterwards, I was like, you know, I feel like it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Like, I'm not too bent up about it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty okay. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense. Mm-mm. Because, like, he was my best friend for three and a half years. So it's not supposed to be easy like that. Yeah. And for some reason, God was just like, no, no, don't panic. I've yeah. got it. And, and he gave you peace. <laughs> two months later? Yeah, March to June. What? April, May, June. Three months. Wow. I didn't know it was that soon. That's awesome, yeah. though. God works quickly. He does. <laughs> he does. And, um, like, that peace of the Lord was definitely, like, with you in that situation. Because would you say, like, while you guys, like, were dating, would, if someone was to tell you, hey, like, you guys are going to break up when you're engaged. Would that have, like, freaked you out? Probably. But, and this is going to sound really weird. So, those of you that don't know, I've had a crush on David since I was five years old. I've always liked him. His name is, like, in all of my little prayer journals. It's embarrassing. It's cute. It's adorable. <laughs> but, um, I was dating this other guy, and every once in a while I'd be like, hmm, you know, what if my name, like, I, w- I wasn't super subtle. I was like, my name's going to be Andrea Shepherd. Like, that doesn't sound... I don't like how that sounds. Like, I wasn't super settled about things. Hmm. And every once in a while, and this is going to sound weird, I'd be like, what if what if my name was going to be Andrea Dalton? Like, that sounds pretty good. What? Yeah. Every once in a while, I'd just be like, hmm. Like, well, I was like, well, what if I didn't end up dating Joe? What if I ended up dating David? Like, yeah. What if, what if I had, you know, every once in a while? Mm-hmm. And then, what up? Now I married you, David. <laughs> yeah. Crazy how that works. Right. God always has a plan. But, yes, there was, like, and you, I can't explain it because I was never like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't be dating this guy, but I'm going to do it anyways. Right. Because I was like, I'm in a relationship, I'm committed, I'm going to, like, this is going to work out. Hmm. And then the Lord was like, okay, clearly she's not giving up, so I need to step in. And so the job broke up with me, and then he was like, here you go. Yeah. There it is. And literally, I guess this is another situation, those of you that also know the story, um, when I walked into his grandma's backyard... I was like, I'm done. Like, this is it. Like, Hmm. check. (laughs) Like, I'm done. Done dating. And we hadn't even said, like, he had said, you guys want some pizza? Right? And I was like, oh, well, that's it. I'm sold. (laughs) Wait, David said you guys want some pizza? Yeah. Like, when we walked over there, so our grandmas live two or three doors apart. And we had all, like, we, like, house swapped all the time, like, hung out with each other when we were all little, all of our siblings. And this time, um, I was staying with my grandma that summer. He was staying with his grandma that summer. And there was, like, a dog running around over at Susie's pool. And music was playing. And my grandma was like, let's just go see who's over there. They're having a party. Let's go crash it. So we did. And David and his friend were just eating pizza. And he was like, hey, you guys want some pizza? And I was like, I'm done. This is it. Oh, like, you, you like you knew that. that For he sure. Was I walked in and I was like, this is it. Oh. And it was like, <laughs> <laughs> little, it was just, like you said, there was just the piece of yes. God. And it was just. Like done, mm. yeah. And it was it was really weird because I was like committed to this first engagement. I was like, "This is gonna be great. It's gonna be awesome." And the Lord was like, "No, you don't really know what it is." And it's a totally different feeling when it's the right person. Mm. And it's like the peace of God. It doesn't make any sense. It just kind of happens, and you're like, "Oh, well, this is nice." Yeah, thanks, God. I know this is what that feels like. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And it's interesting because like when I when I like look back and look at times in my life that I 
like maybe the Lord was guiding me to something different or like I wasn't living in the will of the Lord. I was like an anxious mess. Like I was like, something doesn't feel right. Something is wrong. And usually that's like the Holy Spirit kind of like being like, okay, like time to change something, time to give up something, time to um, go somewhere else. Like, yeah, it's just interesting how like the Holy Spirit works in you and kind of guides you through every step. Yeah, so thanks for sharing your stories. <laughs> um, so the second point I want to hit on today is taking your thoughts captive. Um, so the second part of this little section, um, when he says to think on good things, um, like it's all about thoughts, right? And most of our like stress and worries and fears, they go on inside of our head, right? Like um, you guys could be sitting here right now and you could be worried about a million things. And I would never know because it's all in your head. Um, and the human brain has over 60,000 thoughts every single day. 60,000 thoughts. Holy moly. Um, and so that means that a lot of those thoughts could be stressful thoughts. And the Bible also tells us to take every thought captive. So taking 60,000 thoughts captive, it seems very like a lot. Um, but the first step in taking your thoughts captive is to think on good things. So based on this passage, starting in verse 8, what are things that we're called to think on? You guys can kind of just say them out loud as you read them. Truth. Truth. Honorable. Honorable. Whatever is like pure. Hmm. Yeah. That is lovely. Lovely, yeah. Just. Just. My Bible says worthy of praise. Yeah. Hi. Um, yeah, so these are all things that we're called to think on. Um, so when the Bible tells us, like, do not fear, part of not fearing is filling your mind with good things before the fear even comes. So your, like, mind is ready and trained um, to battle that fear and that worry. Um, so what are some examples of thinking on pure things and things worthy of praise that are commendable and just, like, what does that look like? Do I just sit there and like think about, I don't know, the sky? I could. Um, the things that you consume, like mm -hmm. media, movies, mm -hmm. whatever, making it good or encouraging and not the other way around. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked about that another week, just like filling your mind with things that are good listening to good music, listening to, watching good movies. Yeah. What else? How else do we think on things that are holy, good, things that are going to encourage us? <gasps> That's the best answer. <laughs> yes, go to coffee and conversations. Get in community. Talk to people that are good for you, that will encourage you. Fill up your schedule with this stuff. Mm, yeah. Instead of, I don't know, something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be, be in community. Um, our thoughts are so important when we don't, we often think that we don't have control of our thoughts, right? Um, we believe that we are slaves to our thoughts, at least I do sometimes. I'm like, well, like, it's all in my mind. It, I feel like I will never be free from, like, whatever I'm thinking about. Um, but we do have power over our thoughts. First Corinthians 5, 10 
tells us to take every thought captive. And so Paul's not going to say take every thought captive if it's not possible for us to take every thought, every thought captive. Um, so what does it mean to like take our thoughts captive? It's a very Christian phrase, but how would you guys explain that to someone that's never heard that before? Um, it is First Corinthians ten five. I don't think it's First Corinthians ten five. God was not pleased with most of them. Okay. Um, I'm embarrassed. Okay. Um, Second Corinthians ten five. <laughs> um. Da, da, da. Yes, yeah, Second Corinthians ten five. <laughs> Guys, I always get my first and second Corinthians mixed up. <laughs> At least there's only two, right? That's true. If there were like three or four, mm, it'd be bad. Can you repeat the question? Um, oh, yeah. what does it mean to take your thoughts captive? Like, say I um, have never been to church before. I don't know who God is, and I say, "What does this verse mean by taking your thoughts captive?" How are you going to explain it to me? Or maybe I know who God is. I just don't know who Jesus is. I think most of it is like just recognizing the good thoughts from the bad thoughts hmm. and just kind of getting rid of the bad thoughts and replacing them with good thoughts. Hmm. I know that's like kind of a, like, a simple way to say it, but it doesn't really feel that simple when you try it. Right. But if I had to explain it, that's probably how I would explain it. Yeah, I would say that's a great explanation. I don't know if this makes any sense, but like, with, like, would you say it to the Lord? Hmm. Like, whatever you're thinking, would you say it to him directly? Mm. I guess if you would be. Yeah. It's not a good thought. Yeah. Mm. I, li- I like that. Like, would you, would, is this something that the Lord would, like, want you to think about right. or want you to say to him? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, so when I think of taking your thoughts captive, I, I think of, like, <laughs> taking your thought and, like, like, Putting it in jail. Putting it in, <laughs> and putting it in jail and, like, evaluating it and questioning it. Like, okay, what, what are you doing here? Um, what, like, what are your intentions? Like, like it, are you speaking the truth? Um, so if you have an anxious thought, like, take it, grab it, like, think about it, and assess it with what you know about God. Um, so let's run through a few examples just for practicality's sake. So, like, let's say I have a paper and a project due today, and I am so stressed, and I am just spiraling thinking, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get this done. How do I take that thought captive? I think you have to kind of what we were talking about earlier, like, you're obviously worried about you said exam, right? Mm-hmm. Or assignment. You, you have to think about, like, what you, like, what desire do you want? I don't know if this makes sense. It makes sense in my head. No, I, I feel like every sense. fear you have, there's behind it hmm. that, or, I don't no, yeah, I'm trying to say it and it's right in my head but I can't put it into words no I think I think that you said it you said that there's something behind your fear yeah. right yeah there's something deeper that is like driving hmm. fear. yeah yeah what's behind the fear um, what would you say to that fear about who God is does that question make sense somewhat 
Yeah. Yeah. My God is bigger than this paper. Yeah. Um, what about I am laying in bed at night and I'm thinking, um, oh my gosh, I said something really stupid today and all these people probably think that I am an idiot. Um, I, I really don't like myself right now. How are you going to take that thought captive? Yeah. You know, like if you yeah. logically, but you can also just look at God and say, you know what? Just handle it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. know that that's not. No, I do that all the time. Guys, I say stupid things all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes I, <laughs> like the reason I use that example is because that was me last night and almost every night. I'm just like laying there. I'm like, oh my gosh, what I said when I was like meeting with this person or what I was teaching on like I said this completely wrong and I embarrassed myself and then I have to just take it back and I'd be like okay so what if people think I'm weird like the Lord is so much is, as long as like they know that the Lord is good that's all that matters and well, like and you might have felt like it was stumbling out of your mouth mm. but if whatever stumbled out of your mouth is exactly what the Lord needed you to say so that someone else would hear it right. even though you feel like an idiot right he's teaching someone else but there's goodness through you, and he's teaching you to put your trust in him. He's doing all the things that Wow. A lot of times we just overthink it, too. Yes. You know, I, I literally do this every single second of the day. I overthink <laughs> everything yeah. I say and do. Hmm. And, like, in reality, they probably didn't even notice. Yeah. Everyone's too busy overthinking about themselves right. that they don't have time to overthink about what you said. Yeah. Or, like, you feel like you said something and you were super stumbling over your, over your words and then you weren't. You were just speaking over. Yes. That happens a lot. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. Um, so, we, like you guys were talking about, we can't really trust our thoughts all the time because sometimes they tell us lies. Like, oh, you stumbled over your words or no one's going to take you seriously or um, they don't even like you. Like, those are lies, you know? That's, like... That's, we can't trust those. That's why you have to take those thoughts captive and you have to bring them before the Lord and you have to attack them with scripture. Um, and, yeah. So, well, I also was, with that situation, we have a lot more grace with others hmm. than we have with ourselves. Yeah. So if you say something ridiculous, I'm not going to notice. Or I'm just going to be like, that was kind of funny. And move on. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not, it's, and I'm going to think about it for two weeks. Right. Yeah. So, like, I don't care, but if, if, if it was the opposite way, you're not going to care what I say. Yeah. Like, and it's not going to eat you up for two weeks. Mm. You might, if, like, if it confused you, you'd be like, hey, what did you mean when you said this? And I'd be like, oh, I meant this, blah, blah, blah. And it'd be over and then. Mm. Yeah. So part of taking it to the Lord is also accepting his grace for us and mm-hmm. for ourselves. Yeah. Because we give that to others and not ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Especially as girls, I feel like sometimes we are very hard on ourselves. But mm-hmm. when it comes to others, we're, like, hopefully we have more grace with them. Um. All right, so I have three passages that we're going to walk through um, real fast. They're really short. Um, Elise, could you turn to Matthew 11, um, 28 through 30? Um, and Andrea, could you turn to Psalm 94, 19? Um, and Paige, could you turn to 1 Peter 5, 
six through seven. Can you say Matthew 11, 23 through 30? No, 28 through 30. Oh. And then, at least whenever you have it, could you read it for us? Come to me, all you who are who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Awesome. And Andrea, could you read the Psalm one? Yeah, Psalm 94, 19. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought my joy. Awesome. First Peter? Yeah. Okay, that's Sorry. It's towards the end of the Bible. It's pretty small. I uh first Peter five, six through seven. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, so that the, at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Awesome. All right. So all three of these verses talk about how we can go before the Lord and give him our burdens, our anxieties, um, and we're actually commanded to do so. Um, so when we give our anxieties, worries, and fears over to an almighty God, we are leaving it in his hands, right? We are just taking it, and we're tossing it towards him, and we're saying, Lord, it's in your court now. It's not mine to handle. Um and one of the things that I'm learning right now is that, like, I notice myself praying to the Lord and, like, asking him for things. But, like, deep down, I think that I'm still going to struggle with it. Like, I will take, an, like, a stress to him that I have. But then deep down, I'm like, God doesn't, like, really care about me getting my schoolwork done. Like, it's still going to, I'm still going to stress about it. Um, but, like, as I reframe my mind and think, no, like the Lord can help me with this. He will help me with this. It's like going before the Lord and being confident, giving that over to him and trusting that he is going to answer your prayer. He is going to handle it. Um, so my question for you guys is, are you leaving your worries in the hands of, in the hands of the most trustworthy source? Um, and are you confident that the Lord will handle it? Um, so yeah, any questions up to this point? hope all this is kind of making sense um, before we jump into the practical side of de dealing with fear and worry I want to hit on the concept of fighting fear with fear um, I'm gonna read Proverbs 1 7 for us because I was supposed to have someone else flip to it Proverbs 1 7 is a very popular verse and it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Um, and then throughout Proverbs, it talks all about the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord. Um, so picture with me that I just went to the dentist and I got a tooth pulled and it hurts really bad and I think it may be infected. And so I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking, oh no, my tooth is infected. My gums are infected. I'm going to be toothless um, and I'm never going to be able to eat anything other than applesauce for the rest of my life. Um, and as I'm worrying... Um, my best friend calls me and says, Riley, I was just diagnosed with brain cancer. All of a sudden, I don't care about my tooth anymore, right? Because her worries are way greater than mine, and her situation is far more important than my toothache. Um, and so this same example, and this isn't a true example, this has never happened to me, but it's just like something that I thought of. 
um, the way that we fear the Lord, that should be the same way that, like, that situation happens. So, like, when we correctly fear the Lord, then all of a sudden the fears of this world don't seem that big anymore. Um, so, just like Proverbs 1 said, um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It guides us. It um, protects us. It shows us what to do with our life. Um, but what exactly is the fear of the Lord? Because it's a little different than what, maybe what we think of as fear. Respecting him. Why do you respect him? Because uh, he woke me up this morning. Yeah. He didn't have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's like powerful over life and he gives us life. Yeah. What else is the fear of the Lord? I feel like it's kind of how we respect and fear our parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I'm not like afraid to go talk to my mom, but I don't want to. I don't know. Like, I don't want to do something bad yeah. to her, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, like, it does make sense. Because yeah, okay. you, you love her, yeah. and you want to hang out with her, yeah. and but you know that if you were to do something bad, she has the power to yeah. discipline you. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not a bad fear. Yeah, I think of the fear of the Lord of, like, being in awe of him and his power and, like, realizing, like, oh, he could, like, squash me in a second. <laughs> but he doesn't, right, because he loves us, but he has that power. Um, so why can a correct understanding of who God is and a correct understanding of fearing him, how can that help us face the fears that we face on a daily basis? So kind of what Elise said, the things that you fear or worry about, those have become your priorities or the things and if we've actually got the fear of the Lord or the awe of the Lord or this respect for him, then if we truly understand what that is and what it means, then nothing else is even close to important yeah. or even close to mattering at all. Mm-hmm. So if I'm super stressed about taking a test or an exam, I'll, honestly, I'm going to be like, is God going to care about this in even mm-hmm. 40 years? Mm-hmm. No. So I'm just going to do the best that he gives me and handle however I can handle it, and it'll be great. Yeah. I'll give you a practical example if you're like, yeah, that's not how tests work. Like, God doesn't care about my math test. He does. I'll <laughs> prove it. My junior year of college, both of my grandpas passed away within two weeks of each other from their funerals were two days apart in November. Hmm. College semester ends second week of December-ish. So I get to these two finals for the hardest professor in the business school, and I have them for two classes, and I literally, I couldn't even finish half of both finals. I went in with like a, which I limit. I went in with a, I think a B in that class, in both classes. And I left the classes with half finished finals with an A minus in both classes. A miracle. What? <laughs> I wrote on my test, I was like, I know this isn't acceptable, but like, whatever. And I, I was, so I went to office hours, I was at every class session, I went and asked for help, I told my professors, here's what's happening in my life, so you know, like, if I don't respond in class or whatever, and those things, right, the Lord, you know, teaching you how to be a good human, right, even something as simple as that, all of my professors that semester looked at me and were like, she's been working her butt off, Mm. so we're just gonna give her a little bit, Mm. like, she needs some help, she needs whatever, and I literally went into those exams crying, I was so defeated because I was like I've had no time to study because we were dealing with all of these things 
mm-hmm. just in his wonderful way. I had no idea that my professor was a Christian and that he loved Jesus too and yeah. all this wonderful stuff. We had a great conversation afterwards, but it's mm-hmm. a real thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, <laughs> math tests are like no big deal to a God that like created the whole universe. Right. Like he's like, oh, don't you even worry about that. Yeah, that's like, awesome. He does huge things if we just let him. Yeah. But we're too afraid to let him. Yes, we do like control. (laughs) I love being in control, but it's not good for me because I will fail every time. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Andrea is full of stories. I love it. Probably too many. No, 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 no. (laughs) It's called coffee and conversations. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, when we have a correct understanding of who God is, that is like the perfect way to fight our, our fears. When our fear of God is big, the fears of this world are going to seem smaller. Um, Matthew twenty twenty eight says, Do not fear those who can kill the body, um, but fear the one that can put body and soul in hell. Um, and that's pretty scary. Like, God is in control of um, our eternity. Uh, and that is, that's a big deal. And this verse kind of is supposed to reorient our focus towards the one who is powerful and can do anything. Um, so all this is great. You're like, great, Riley. Um, so I'm supposed to read my Bible more and focus more on God. Okay, I knew that already. Um, so like, let's talk practically. What does it look like on those days where it seems like all you can think about is what you're stressed about? So I wrote a list, and then I'm going to ask you guys what you do when you're stressed. Um, at the top of my list, I said do not forget the power of prayer because we always underestimate prayer, and we can never say... Um, I'll pray for you too many times, and we can never pray too much. Um, Also, I recommend implementing stillness into your day. So, like, sitting in silence for, like, five minutes and just taking deep breaths um, and doing your devotions um, and being still and just resting in him. Filling your mind with good things, like we talked about before. Um, Care for yourself on a physical level. Um, Like I said at the beginning, we're physical and spiritual beings. Um, so move more, go for walks, make sure you're nourishing your body and get rest. Sometimes when I am super worked up and stressed, it's because I haven't slept in a long time or I'm not getting good sleep. Um, I, in our Bible study, we talked about this, uh, the give to God box that, yeah. um, Caitlin mentioned. Um, and I, I love this idea of where like you have a box and if you have something that you're stressed about, you write it down on, on a piece of paper and you put it in the box as like a tangible way to actually give it over to the Lord. Um, and I thought that was a really cool idea because it's just like, okay, I'm going to take this and I'm going to give it to God and put it in the box. Um, take a night to yourself and think of, way that, think of ways that the Lord has been faithful to you or just rest, watch a TV show, um, read a book that you want to read. Ask for prayer and support. Um, from your community we care about you and we want to know when you're stressed and when you're anxious and when there's things that are in your life that seem too big to handle um that's what community is there for you're not supposed to come and cover up all your all your struggles you're supposed to bring them and be honest with them um if it's detrimental to your health maybe it's time to um, let go of certain things in your life and say no to them it's okay to say no um say yes to the right things say no to the things that are just too much for you and that's okay um so yeah, that's my little list that I thought through. Um, what do you guys do when you are stressed? How do you deal with stress in your life? Make a list. Make a list, a to-do list. Yes. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do something that you enjoy. Yeah. 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 I sometimes just get by myself. Hmm. Whether that's like sitting in my living room alone by myself or going out somewhere by myself hmm. or doing something for myself hmm. because then I'm alone with my thoughts on the Lord and I don't have to be right talking to David or hmm. taking care of my kid and while I enjoy both of those things a lot if I just remove myself from everything else and I'm just alone I can talk to the Lord better I can be more honest about what I'm frustrated about hmm. and just take time yeah yeah take time by yourself it's not selfish to take time for yourself You go on drives, mm-hmm. yeah. With music. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just like I don't even really have anywhere I want to go. I'll just like go and turn wherever. Yeah. I'm just gonna go. Yeah. I know if I have my phone, it'll take me back home. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it might take an hour, but it's okay. That's okay. It's yeah. If it helps, if it helps, it helps. Yeah. Yeah. What else? What do you guys do when you're stressed? Eat. Eat. I'm stressed sometimes. I should probably already yeah yeah <laughs> if being stressed makes your appetite go away make sure you're eating yeah yeah I know for me when I'm stressed I um I also like to spend time by myself or do something where I'm moving my body I find that that really helps um so yeah all these are great things and you have to just figure out what works for you um so to put this into a practical way i'm going to pass around these note cards if you could just take one and pass it around so on these note cards if you could write down things that you're stressed about right now don't put your name we're going to do it anonymously it can be however long um you can say all the things that you're stressed about you can say some of the things you're stressed about um but just write them down and then fold it up and we're going to put them into this bucket, and then we're going to pass the bucket around, and we're going to take one of them out, and you are going to pray for that person, whoever it is, and you're going to commit yourself to pray for that person. Um, and so as you're writing these down, just commit what you're stressed about to this other person and trust that they will pray for it. And then I also want you to commit to pray for those stresses yourself. Does that make sense? But yeah, if you want to write your name on it, you're welcome to, but it can be completely anonymous. So as we wrap up today, I want to read you guys a passage and just encourage you. Um, This is something that our mom, Elise and I, our mom always um, said to us growing up, and it's just always stuck with me. Um, Anytime we were out and we saw a beautiful sunrise, she would quote Psalm 19, um, which like declare, like it's, I don't remember the exact word, but he's like, she, it's like, um, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord and the skies proclaim his handiwork or maybe it's opposite but then another one that she would quote is Matthew 6 um, 25 through 34 so I'm just going to read this for you guys um, and yeah it's, it's very popular but it's really good um, therefore I tell you do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body what you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow, sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single um, hour 
span to his life. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, how they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O little, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient is the day for its own trouble. Um, so this passage points to two things in nature, right? It points to birds, and it, point, and it points to the grass and the lilies of the field. Um, so I want to encourage you, every time you see birds, which this is something that my mom has just drilled into my head because anytime we were younger, anytime birds were flying across the sky, she'd say, look at the birds. The Lord cares for them. He's going to care for you. Um, so it's a simple reminder. But anytime you see birds flying in the air, just remember that if the Lord cares for those birds, if he's feeding them today, if he's clothing them today, he's going to be caring for you. Um, and that's why Jesus teaches and points to the birds to use them as a reminder for us. Um, so yeah, remember the birds. Let me pray for us, and then we can be done. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this morning, Lord. Um, thank you for your word, which guides us and um, tells us more about you and gives us reasons why we can trust you, Lord. Um, we are so small. We're such a small part of your plan, and we recognize that, God. And I just pray that um, we learn to fear you more in every single day, Lord. That's something that I so badly want to grow in. It's just understanding your power and your glory and the fact that I'm able to come before you and talk to you, Lord. I just pray for all these lovely ladies that they would just bring what they're stressed and worried about, God, and they would bring it before you and be confident that you are strong enough to handle it and would it grow them closer to you and give them a dependence on you, God. Um, I pray that if anything I said today was wrong or incorrect, would you just erase it from everyone's memories, Lord? Um, and I just pray for our weeks that we would glorify you in all we do. You know, I pray. Amen.